1: It's Sal Carpaccio.
2: I make a special Carpaccio
0: for you, all right? Oh, now that sounds really good. Oh, you like?
2: Hey, get away. Get away from my wife with that. What's the matter, Carpaccio nuggles? No
0: what? What do you do now? They don't like a Carpaccio. They like oh. Carpaccio.
1: Oh. On WGR. I make a Carpaccio for you. Sports Radio 550.
3: All right. We have news on the Bills. Evan asked in the break, you going to go to that game? And I, I didn't think yes until right now. My fiance just texted me that we're going to London next year. Well, I'm or thinking, this year, I'm thinking about it the way that I did the first time, which was when we went. We went to a Premier League game. Like go over, yep. See a Premier League game, see a Bills game.
2: All right. Anyway. I am. Tec- I am googling right now how far Anfield, uh, which is Liverpool Stadium, is from from London. Yeah. Far. England's not that big it's not though. That, it's not that big. Sal's on the Western Hotline. So anyway, Sal, we got the news. The Bills are
3: uh, heading to London next year. This does not come as a shock, right? We we knew they were probably up soon. It was going to be an AFC-heavy year. This will replace one of their home games. Um, so, yeah, d- nine designated home games, and we just found out the Bills are going to London. So, exciting. That's good stuff.
4: Yeah, for sure. And um, there was uh, really a change made a couple of years ago when they went to the 17th game where this was part of the deal where – when the afc has the extra home game the international games will basically be afc home teams uh nfc same thing when they are the extra home game except for jacksonville because they have that deal where they're the yeah. home game um you know they, they'll have it so this year i think all the nfc teams were home teams except for jacksonville because they have that contract to play over there to play home games
3: yep that's right All right. The other thing about this that is interesting to me, I mean, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Sal, you could go and watch the Bills. You could also go and see the stadium that the new Bills stadium took an awful lot of influences from, right? So, you know, it's kind of like not quite taking a tour of the exact stadium, but you'll get a look at a stadium that they went and toured themselves
4: and uh, by all accounts gets tons of great reviews. That's a great point, Jeremy. Um, You know, somewhere along the way that might have been part of the part of the deal here. Maybe that's the conversation they had. I don't know this, but I'm guessing I can see that that could have been a conversation. Hey, you know, we have this new stadium coming. This has been a, a large part, kind of part of our vision, what we've you've done here. And, you know, maybe we can get our fans over here to kind of see and envision what is going to be in 2026 in Buffalo. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if that's the case. So we'll see. The opponent will be determined. Generally, those London games are played in October, I think, maybe early November, but I think late October mostly. Um That doesn't mean it has to be that way. But generally, that's when they are played. So, yeah, it should be interesting. We were selfishly hoping that the Bills would be in Germany if they went over to Europe yeah. here in our household because my wife's from Germany, obviously. We loved it. And they'd be like, oh, you know, go over there and spend time. And I think they're going to actually be playing in there are a couple different German cities. Um, you know, coming up every year, they're going to have that. But, you know, the NFL is expanding internationally, and there's a, there's a lot more on the table, you know, in the next several years. So, the Bills to London next year for
3: a game. They have a game this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, at Highmark Stadium. All right, Sal, so let's get to the injury report. Um, Is it a good news Wednesday or a a keep an eye out Wednesday? It's a, well, today. Today is
4: Thursday. I mean, like, was was yesterday. Okay. Sorry, was yesterday. Keep an eye out. Okay, (laughs) I just want to make sure. (laughs) Um, It's a good news. It's a very good news. But let's, with the caveat that it was only a walkthrough yesterday. Uh, But when we met with Sean McDermott early in the day, he said everybody will be out there in some capacity, which is exactly what happened. Now, that, again, was a walkthrough. But you talk about Dane Jackson, who was injured in the game, limited. Daquan Jones, calf injury, limited. Jordan Phillips, who missed the game, limited. And Jordan Poyer, limited. Isaiah McKenzie was a full participant with his hamstring injury, actually. So um, that's good news. I I think it's it's great news, but obviously today's the, the bigger day. Gotcha.
3: All right, so today's the bigger day. How about the, the tone of yesterday? We're getting into another week where the Bengals are going to be talking a big game, right? Joe Mixon said, we're the big dog. Joe Burrow said, I never feel like an underdog. And the Bills are going to be, what, keeping it humble and hungry, I guess. So uh, what's, the, what's the general team message heading into this week as they approach, you know, a closer spot to where they wanted to get the AFC Championship game, the Super Bowl? And this team has had these goals all season long, much like Cincinnati probably has. Um, the general tone, the general vibe around the team yesterday on Zoom calls.
4: Uh, well, it wasn't Zoom. We were there yesterday. I'm sorry. I, th- I thought uh, it was so, – gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, no, we here's, here's how yesterday went so everybody knows. We had a normal Wednesday for the media, but we just couldn't be inside watching the walkthrough. That's all. But we were there yesterday. We had Sean McDermott, and then we went in yesterday. We talked to – players locker room had Josh Allen um, and it was interesting because Gabe Davis actually said that Von Miller came in and he had a Super Bowl trophy now I'm guessing it's like one of those replicas maybe that players get when they win and he put it down on the table in the training room I think it was and said to the team you said you'd do anything for this and Gabe Davis shared that story and the fact that he got a note from his mom about to remember where he came from remember why he's there what it's all about and said that and, and was funny was afterwards he was on the jugs machine for like close to an hour <laughs> after practice, like trying to do whatever he can. He said he just wants to be he wants his teammates to know that they can trust him and he's gonna be there for them. And I think that's the message. I think the message is here is you do whatever you take whatever it takes. And Josh even talked about, you know, everyone making sure that they they you know, it's not selfish in any way, not they would be, but you're doing anything you can to help your teammate win this game because it's all about you know trying to achieve these team goals. Uh, I think Sean McDermott though when he spoke to us a little bit early it was about you know asking about the mistakes and things like that and he said he trusts his players going back to the turnovers last week and the loose balls and things like that. He trusts his players to have to take ownership of it and to correct it. So I think there's a general sense of hey, we need to be buttoned up and tighter and do anything it takes and pay more attention to detail. That's to me, that's the biggest message I get from yeah. that. Pay attention to detail because this is why, you know, th- this is where it matters, and we have to be better than we were, and we can't let any single thing go by us this week. Which that's would, I think the message,
3: which would match up with what a lot of the fans said. I mean, I, I know fans kind of bickered, right. bickered a bit this year, this week about, hey, you're probably
4: going to have to be better than that. The team feels the same. I agree. Um, you know, I don't think it wasn't like. Yeah, I, well, Sean did say, you know, that's not winning football or something like that. You know, it's something along those lines. You know, he didn't come out and say, like, you know, if we play like that, the Bengals will beat us. But I think that's the message. Hey, you know, we, we didn't play our best football. We gave the ball away. We made mistakes. You know, now we can't do that again. Every time you go in up in this, in this round, in this level of competition, the stakes are higher. The teams are better basically, you know, based on getting to this point. So it's, for sure, that's the message. And it's got to be come to fruition if they're going to win. <clears throat> they can't. They can't do what they did last week, guys. They can't turn the ball over and give Joe Burrow in that offense starting field position at their, at their own 44 yard line in the first half, yeah. right? I mean, we know that. Um, the Bills have to be better than they were last week, but I would say the, 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 the Cincinnati Bengals are probably saying the exact same thing this week.
2: Is the Bengals being disrespected by the AFC Championship ticket sales <laughs> the most annoying thing of the week Do you they're also, sell? Oh, sell- my gosh. They're
3: selling tickets at their own stadium, right, That's too. the other thing,
2: too. Yeah. Like they, well, You I'll, can buy... I, I their- think they are, right? It says verified resale, so I don't really know what that means, I guess.
4: Season ticket... Because over- I went to their website this morning. I was just on In fact, I have still have the page open. And if I go to schedule... I see wildcard last week. I see divisional with tickets. I don't see a championship game for tickets, but I don't know if that means you can't buy them from right. their own website. But your point is right, right? Which is, come on, man. Like, but, hey, I, I, I'll be the first to tell you. Anything you can to get an edge, to make you feel like you have to have yeah. some sort of you know motivation, disrespect, whatever, if that's what you need as a player, then by all means, right? I mean, I would say I would turn around and say the week leading up to that game, They basically, what Joe Mixon himself said, the Bills linebackers aren't the Ravens. And then Matt Mm -hmm. Milano went out there and got a first-team all-pro just like Roquan Smith did Uh of the Ravens. I would (laughs) say that's motivation. You know what I mean? So so whatever you find, that's fine. And whatever you need, that's cool. And go right ahead. If that's what they feel about that, then they're going to have that in their mind. And, you know, if the roles are reversed, I'm sure Bill's players would kind of feel the same if they have to but yes to, to me it's kind of annoying because it's obviously not the players who are saying hey go buy your championship tickets right. it's the NFL and the Bills doing the proper business they need to do
3: it's just planning ahead <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, all it is you know yes that's it's, exactly it's, it's right. wild so with regard to the matchup I mentioned something to Joe yesterday that You know, kind of an extended look from that first game. You know, Sean McDermott, sometimes they line up and they see what the offense wants to do, and then he calls a timeout because he sees what they want to do. What about that for they played eight minutes of a game? Was there anything that you think this team, these teams, can get from each other from the very limited time we saw them on the Monday night game? Did they get a look into what Cincinnati might want to do and vice versa? You, You know, you mentioned Ken Dorsey, what they were able to do and maybe not use against Cincinnati the first time around.
4: It's a great question. We've asked Sean this. I think they've been asked this. Players have been asked this. Um, I've wondered about this a lot. And sure, I think that you can gain a little bit because it's not like they're having two extra weeks to prepare here. They had a game. In between these two teams playing, they each had games. They didn't have weeks off. They couldn't like change a whole bunch of stuff. I think that the week leading up to the Bengals game, for them preparing for the Bills, the Bills preparing for them, that was their them putting in what probably will be still a lot of the basis of their game plan, and then they're going to have to tweak. But part of that tweak has to come from what their teams look like now, and I think that has a lot to do with their offensive line and them being banged up. So whatever that game plan was, you'll probably get a good look at and think, okay, this is what they think they can do against us. But I think the Bengals are going to have to change up more than the Bills are in that regard because the Bengals have that offensive line issue. From the Bills' standpoint, I think they, they have one drive, remember, on offense. So if you're looking from the offensive side, they probably feel like you know they moved the ball very well. They didn't score. Okay, what did we do? Okay, and the Bengals are going to say, hey, that's how they wanted to attack us. They'll probably try to do the same thing here. So I do think you can get something from that. Yes, I do. Um I just think that both teams are going to have to figure out and find new wrinkles because they both know that. And I think for the Bengals, especially, they'll probably have to change a little bit more. And because of the offensive line situation, I just don't think they're going to, each team is going to have a completely, totally separate game plan. Like, you know, completely opposite or whatever, what they were mm-hmm. thinking of. Because again, they didn't have all this time to re prepare for each other. They're probably going back on their notes and what they saw and what they were preparing for a couple of weeks ago and then they're just going to kind of tweak from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would think there are some things that they will change, you know, but not like the whole concept of their defense. Like the, I don't think Right. The Bills, we we talked about this a little bit yesterday in the Extra Point show that Baltimore kind of put out the blueprint a little bit on like how they defend Cincinnati with getting pressure with four and playing physical man coverage at the line of scrimmage and the bills I, that doesn't mean they can't have a successful game plan against the bengals but if you watch what they what baltimore's done the last two weeks like i, I just don't think the bills go say okay let's do something completely different than we're accustomed to just because baltimore did it well
4: agreed agreed um
2: although i think the bills have played a little
4: more man to man this year and i do think Kyrie elam is more suited for that yep. and if you're going to and mean, he's been playing better so i think that's an interesting part of it but speaking of the secondary one thing the Bengals certainly did was attack Tredavious White in that first contest. They went deep on him first play. They scored the touchdown on him. Over the last couple of weeks since that game, I think Tredavious White has played better. He's played his best football this year over the last couple of weeks. I wonder if the Bengals feel that's still the situation they want to be in, that they want to go after him. Um, that's going to be interesting. So I wonder how that all shakes out. Um That Remember, the Bills in the first drive also lost Taron Johnson. Before DeMar Hamlin went down, Taron Johnson got hurt. That might have changed up some things. And again, very, very limited sample size. But there's probably some things here that each team is going to have to take into account about how each team is. And the the Bills will have to adjust to what the Bengals' offensive line is like. So, you know, I think that in that game, you saw them go deep on the first play. You saw, you know, Burrow was, uh, he hit the, the pass to Tyler Boyd. The Bengals generally are a quick passing team. I think they're going to have to be even more so in this game. And I bet you the Bills are going to think that, too, because how many five-step drops do you want to take, have Joe Burrow taking with that offensive line having to hold up? Right? It's probably got to be three steps and out, three steps and out. That's going to be probably a big part of their game, and I think the Bills are going to have to know that, knowing that the offensive line is banked up on their side.
3: Sal Capaccio joining us on the West Her Hotline. As we gear up for the big matchup, Sal, I mean, it's it's a lot of trenches, it's a lot of defensive backfield against receivers, Allen and Burrow, though, right? They're, those are the big names on the marquee. And for Josh Allen, you know, like this is I, – I wonder about him. He had his first – maybe this is part of the, the conversation this week well, – like his first non-perfect playoff game in a couple of years. Hmm. So that might be it, too. Like we've been waiting to see playoff Allen, and he was dynamic, of course, against Miami. His level of dialing it in, to me, it, it remains one of the most interesting conversations about him, right? That he shoulders a lot of what happens with this team. And if they fall short, he'll shoulder probably more blame than he deserves. And, you know, that's what they say about the quarterback position. Too much credit, too much blame. When it comes to to him, this do you get the sense that he thinks – I mean, he's so young. I don't want to say legacy. But his motivation about being – the best, or one of the best, or winning Super Bowls. You know, when it comes down to these moments, I feel like these guys have to think about it. Burrow's got to be thinking about it. He was in the Super Bowl last year. And I, I just wonder what that does for Allen's mindset and his preparation in these big moments. I
4: think any high-level competitor thinks this way, really. Anybody in that position who's the the quarterback, you know, goaltender, or whatever, it's somebody who's in that focused position gets in these situations, anybody who's reached the highest of levels and is considered the best in their sport, the best in the world, really, among them, I think you, you don't get there without thinking that way, to be honest. And then as you get there, I think that that creeps in at some point. But I, don't, I also don't think like it's necessarily consuming you through the week, through practice, or even in the game. But I think that overall, you have to have that's, – that's an intrinsic motivation. You know that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, You think about it, guys, and talking with somebody about this the other day, Like, winning a Super Bowl will change your life for these guys. I don't care if you're Josh Allen or somebody on the, you know, a a, a linebacker, you know, who doesn't play much. Winning a Super Bowl changes everything about your legacy, your life, everything that's written about you. It's Now it's Super Bowl champion, this person, right? I mean, it really does. I think it weighs on everybody in that way. But especially when you're the front-facing person of the franchise, um, when you're the quarterback, it absolutely flips what your legacy can be to what it is forever and ever. I mean, we have countless examples of this. Um, you know, Tom Brady wins Super Bowls early in his career for the, he's a made man the rest of his career, no matter what happens. Right. John Elway did not win just like Jim didn't win one. And Dan didn't win one, all that whole 83 class. Finally, Elway won one at the end of his career. And he, that that's what you think about. He won that. So whether whenever it comes, but you get one early in your career, you're you're made. And yes, I think that that is something that alleviates a lot of the pressure and the talk and the things that you work for your whole life. Yes, you want more. There's no doubt. You're always hungry for more. Everybody will say that. You win one. It just makes you want another one. But you got to get that first one because there's never a guarantee you'll even get back. Dan Marino, much like Joe Burrow, I mean, we don't know what Joe Burrow's going to do in the future, Dan Marino went to a Super Bowl in his second year in the league. I think he's still maybe he's arguably the greatest passer of all time. He never went to another one ever in his whole career, right? I mean, you just don't know when you're going to get there. And then Keyshawn Johnson said something really interesting yesterday. I was watching. If you guys saw this, he said, you know, a lot of quarterbacks face pressure, right? We know that. Who's under the most pressure in the playoff round? Who's this and that? And a lot of that times that's internal pressure. If this guy doesn't win, you know, what are we going to do? Where can he take us? He said Josh Allen is facing a ton of pressure, but he said. The pressure he thinks Josh Allen's under is the weight of this city, and that's really something to think about after everything we've been through here and everything he has. And I, I'm not putting that on Josh. What I'm saying is, I wonder if Josh feels that. I wonder if he feels that weight of I, I have this 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 weight of everything that's kind of gone on, and you know, he has to be Superman because of what this city needs for this team to win. I thought it was just super interesting when Keysha- Keyshawn talked about that.
3: Yeah, there's there's definitely different weights with fan bases. Anybody, I mean, that's played, I mean. I'm thinking about Craig Ravey talking about playing in Montreal versus playing right. somewhere else. Like it's just different cities. It's going to be it's going to be different. Trevor Lawrence plays in Jacksonville. You know, it's not quite the same as it might be in some other spots. So uh, as we head to the weekend, we also know that Ken Dorsey will interview for the Carolina job on Saturday, the day before. And strikes me, wasn't it the Bills' proposal to move these interviews to after the postseason?
4: That was a couple of years ago. Um, that was when Dable didn't get the job uh, again uh, when he didn't get hired by the Chargers after the Bills had beaten the Ravens. So they extended. So the Chargers hired him, and then and that was not passed. But there was a rule passed last year, and I have to go back and remember. I don't know what the exact thing is now as far as when it can happen. I don't know. I think they did tweak it in some way, and there were some dates that were massaged there. But yes, the Bills originally did propose that, and I think. It might have not even been interviews. It might have been hiring, to be honest with you. Right, right. I have to go back and look. But yes, mm-hmm. the Bills did the Bills did propose something, and that was on the heels of Dable not getting the Chargers job. You think about that, guys. After everything that happened with the Chargers this year, the Chargers passed up Brian Dable in large part because the Bills won a game, and they didn't want to wait a week. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah, so they, they wanted... And, and they hired Brian, and they, Brandon Staley instead. And the Bills made this suggestion, probably for their own candidate, and... You know, it, it's the kind of thing that I, th- I think that suggestion, Sal, it makes a lot of sense to me and could help everybody involved, including teams, find the best candidates. But you bring up a lot. The problem you run into is assistance. And these guys mm-hmm. want to scoop up the best assistance that they possibly can. So um, not to say Ken Dorsey's going to take the job on Saturday, but to interview the day before a game, Dable would have done that, right? Over the course of playoffs, he interviewed with other teams before a game. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it, but it, it's, it'll be a Zoom interview, I think. You know, he's not like he's flying down there the night before the game. I think that's a Zoom interview is how they'll do that. Um, and it's always a tricky situation. You, I don't know what the right answer is here. I, I've thought about it a lot because you put yourself in their positions as well. The teams do want to move on and, and have an idea of what they want and guys need to start formulating staffs. So it's easy to say, well, they should always, always wait till after the Super Bowl. Well, you know, the teams that aren't in the playoffs need to start. Figuring out what they 're doing for the off season right, and then mm. so i I do think it's a tricky situation it 's never one that f- kind of feels good when you 're the team that has a guy interviewing the day before a game, a big game I get that, um but he's not the first guy, and it 's up to him to manage it right and do it right and you know I, I think that hopefully you know Ken Dorsey will. Be able to balance that time correctly. He spoke about yeah. that a little bit this week, and you know how important that is to make sure. He said his you know to have that focus on the Buffalo Bills this week, although
2: knowing that this is coming up. I wouldn't bet on him to get that job, but I also don't want to think it's impossible. Like guys are pulling out. There aren't that many candidates, right? Like Ben Johnson of the Lions pulled out, Jim Harbaugh pulled out. So again, I wouldn't bet on him at this point. But if he were to get that job, sale, or is it is it easy? Is it Joe Brady the next man in line that the Bills would want? Just in house if they're going to do that as their next offensive coordinator or I don't know, is there another assistant that you might be thinking about for this? Um, if the if
4: you say if, uh, if Dorsey, Dorsey were to get a job somewhere. If Dorsey, yeah. does if Dorsey get the were to job, leave, yeah. I do think I do think the Bills have set themselves up to have a very good in-house candidate in Joe Brady because he would know the system already. And I think that we've already seen that they don't want to change that too much. And you kind of have a seamless transition for Josh. However, I would also say you got to look at the board. You got to see who's out there, right? I mean, all these things. There's a lot of coaching changes. There's a lot of guys still actually losing their jobs now. So you never yeah. know who's going to be out there where you have, it would be a disservice to your own team to say we're just going to hire in-house and not even look at anybody. But yes, I do think that he would probably have, I guess, the first crack at it, so to speak, since he would have been here on a team that averaged over twenty-eight points a game, just like Ken Dorsey. Eight
3: hundred three hundred five fifty to join us if you want. Sal, thanks for the time. When we get back, Joe and I are going to pick which game we're going to send to London. We know the nine home opponents. Love it. We know it can't be Jacksonville because Jacksonville's already playing a game over there. I'm not going to play two, right?
2: Um, the Chiefs are already playing a game in Germany. They have right? announced
3: the other. Yeah, they've announced the other teams that are going to. So we'll get we'll get you those in the update. Oh, and, they have. Uh, All yes, right, I got to look at that. I've been on with you guys. I'll That's that right good. I'll say right now. Go. Hey, Kansas City is going. Tennessee is going, and New England is going. These yep. are the,
2: those are the AFC teams that are hosting. New England and Kansas City and Germany. Tennessee is listed also at Tottenham. There you go. And then Jacksonville at Wembley. Okay. That almost makes it sound like all of those. Those are those aren't just the opponents. Those are all home teams. Those are
4: all the five hosts. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they so that means so so you have two teams on that list. You know it can't be for the Bills. New England and Jacksonville. Yep. A team uh, th- three actually, Kansas City. Kansas City. Well, that's an away. game. Oh well, is. it's not a home game anyway next year for the Bills. I get it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. it's not a home game anyway. But it won't. But the Bills aren't going there to play them. That means the Bills will go to Arrowhead next year, I guess. Right? That's right. That's right. There's well, no. Way,
3: there's no again. way. Again. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't. They don't move. Teams have not played two games in London. So take every team. That, that's on your schedule, home and away. If they're going over there, you're not playing any one of those teams. Well, that's them. that's a better way to say it. Thank okay. you. Yes.
4: All right. Thanks, Sal. All right, guys. Um, what do we what do we got today? Uh, we have practice at twelve thirty, so everybody knows. Joe and I have the extra point show ten to twelve, obviously. Uh, and then practice at twelve thirty. It's a normal practice for the Bills today. And we'll stay on top of injuries and any other updates for you. And Ryan Miller night as well. Ryan Miller night. That's exactly right. And we'll we'll talk. Uh, we have Paul on today as well. We'll kind of get everybody set, settled for that too. Very good. Thanks, Al. Okay. All right. When we get back,
3: we're gonna send a game to London. We're gonna pick who don't we want to come to Highmark Stadium. And I also have a note about when in the year the game is likely to be because that matters to us right how nice will it be we'll get to that as well bills announced they're going to london next season to host a game one of the teams in the afc that'll be hosting with tennessee kansas city new england and of course jacksonville does every year
5: A-I-R.com.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language. Pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Loss of six.
5: Hey.
1: <laughs> Manuel here. Going deep. And he's got a receiver. It's easy. Touchdown.
2: I was just going to ask you if you remembered the receiver that caught a touchdown in that game.
3: My answer to that would have been no, because my experience of the Bills game in London is different than most. I went to that game with my my now wife. We were at that game. After the game, like the next day, I was flying to Munich. My wife was flying home. I was going to Munich and Barcelona Mm -hmm. with a buddy of mine. We were staying a little longer in Europe, and she was heading back home. So the Bills get down what? 24 to 3 in the first half. Yep. Yep. EJ throws three picks. I mean, everything about it is a disaster.
2: I, I remember thinking, is he going to get benched? Tyrod was hurt. They had signed, wait for it, Josh Johnson <laughs> that week, of course. So he had just gotten there. And I was wondering, are they going to put this dude in that they just got three days ago? Maybe they never would have just because he didn't know the offense. But I thought EJ was going to get benched in that game. And instead, he brought them back. He did, and I didn't see any of the comeback because we left the game. We thought You we, left the game? Yeah. Again, what like else? Well, I guess you're in lo- I was gonna say, what We're, else are you gonna do here in right, London? Anything in the world. <laughs> yeah, We're in mind.
3: London. We'd gone to the uh, Premier League game the night before. We're at this game, the Bills are getting destroyed. Again, she flies out the next day. We're not gonna see each other for yeah. about a week, and we decided let's just go in let's go back into London, have a beer, find a fish fish and chips, yeah, and that'll be that. So then we went on this. Like, 10-mile odyssey walking London to try and find fish and ships that were satisfactory. Uh-huh. I'll just leave it at that. It took 10 miles to, f- to find that? Well, a number of them places were turned down, Joe. The number... Uh, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that I turned these places down, but a number of the places is like, no, let's try the next place. No, let's try the next place. And we walk like, 10 miles. Okay. True, true story. So then, you know, back in 2015, I whatever cell company I had, cell service I had, I didn't have... I couldn't load up the ESPN app. I didn't even think. like They we got blown checked out. Check the
2: score. Yeah.
3: Later that night, finally got back to the hotel, got on Wi-Fi, checked the score, and I see not only that it got close, but the Bills fans got mad about the loss. Right. Corey, who, Corey Moore, Corey... Uh,
2: fan- the Phantom PI? Yes, yes, about?
3: yes. Not Corey Moore. Corey uh, somebody. Corey... Corey
2: Graham, are you Corey, Graham. You? Yes, Corey Graham? Corey Graham. Corey Graham. Corey Graham. I think he had a pick six in that
3: game. Well, either way, he got a... The pass interference, interference though is the is
2: the play that's remembered there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And then found out like, oh wow, they came back and then blew it. And I didn't experience any of those emotions. Uh-huh. It was just like missing out on a, you know, eventful night.
2: And Marcus Easley, who was he not here for like four or five years? Yeah, I don't know. He he what won for fifty eight and a touchdown. He had eighty two percent of his career yardage in that on that one play. Yeah. Well, a couple things on this. Okay, so
3: the Bills announced they're going to go to London. Mm-hmm. Nick writes in, already making an announcement about next year's schedule. That's all the bulletin board material the Bengals are going to need. <laughs> Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon's going to be really mad when he finds he's out he's the, 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 the fired Bills, up. The Bills have scheduled the game for next year. Yep. Whoa. Watch out. Two things on this it will likely be in October or November. We might all like one December game to go there. Not how it works. Mm-hmm. The latest game that was in. England last year was November thirteenth. So you can book it to be mm-hmm. October to mid November. That's when you'll lose a home game. And I don't know if they still give teams a bye after they go to London. I think they do. Okay, so typically I think they th- have that yeah. you can kind of slot in the meat of the season a trip to London and a bye. And opponents here are their home opponents. We know it will not be who they play overseas. It will not be New England. because they're hosting a game over there. It will not be Jacksonville, because they host a game over there. So here are your options to play in London. The divisional games, the Jets and the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Denver and Las Vegas.
2: Okay. Dallas, the Giants. Yep. Or Tampa. Okay. So, don't we think they would not put a divisional game there? I'm not sure about
3: that. I, I mean, they put... Toronto games, divisional games in Toronto. Yeah, but you're probably right. I do I want to say I think the favorite is clearly the Bucs. Very clear. It's your NFC. Really? You, have, you have three NFC teams coming in. Mm-hmm. That's the Giants, the Cowboys and the Bucks. The Cowboys is going to be a Sunday night game. Bills Cowboys? Yeah. That'll be a primetime game here in Orchard Park. The Giants are a playoff team. It's Brian Dable. it's the I, I think there's that does not go either. I think the Bucks are the favorite, and I would
2: put the Raiders in the mix as well. How often, though, do teams go overseas in back-to-back years? Because Tampa went to Germany this year.
3: Okay. Isn't it...
2: It's not unavoidable. You have five games, which means ten teams go every year. Right. The... I was thinking the Raiders would be my favorite because they have not played overseas. Well, actually, you know what? That This kind of flies against my point. They last played in London in 2019, but they also did in 2018. So the Raiders once did this, back-to-back years where they went overseas. This might be part of your answer, trying to like pick through this. Every international
3: game from last year was in conference. Okay. Giants-Packers, Vikings-Saints, Broncos-Jags, Seahawks-Bucks, Niners-Cardinals. Yep. So in that case, the Raiders and the Broncos are probably the two favorites.
2: If you do look back in the past, so like the Jets had played the Falcons two years ago and Tottenham, yeah, um, the I just Bengals wonder, and the Rams. I just wonder if, what happens. if the
3: nine-game home format makes it so they, they line it up with conference. Right. Like this year you're getting the AFC, next year you're getting the NFC. If yeah. It just, from a scheduling standpoint, if it just lines up better. And we think
2: Giants is too big? Well, that would fly in the face of the cross conference. That would be fine. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know if it's too big. I just, I would put. Well, because you want a game that's like, I guess you don't care. I guess how bad it is. You don't like. You're not putting Bills Cowboys here. That's too good. No, and they've gotten a lot of bad games.
3: Yeah, there's not. This year was the first year that. No wait, London didn't even get a game with two teams over 500. It was it was Germany. Yeah, Germany
2: came. was uh, Seattle and Tampa Bay
3: with two good teams or at least teams in the mix.
2: Yeah, this year. Broncos and Jaguars both had losing records at that point. Giants and Packers. Packers had a losing record. Vikings and Saints. Saints had a losing record. Okay. I don't. I won't throw out Tampa. I won't throw out Tampa. I feel like the Raiders are the favorite, though. The Raiders haven't been in a couple of years. Okay. Denver went last year. Tampa went last year. So, just because of that, I would put the Raiders as the favorite. But I would want to bet it's one of those three. Right? Right? Yep. I don't think they'll do a divisional game. I, in fact, I could look at that. Have they ever done that? Has a, there ever been... A divisional game in London? Yeah.
3: No. Last year's international... Oh, I shouldn't say no. Last year, the international series was San Francisco, Arizona, and that's in Mexico City. Okay.
2: so But, that, but that's different. That's not overseas. That's not London. The last time I'm looking through all of these games right now, 2016, the Jaguars played the Colts. The Jaguars are tough for this, though, because they play every year in London. Right? So, like, they might have limited options, as opposed. But whatever. Six years ago, or seven years ago, there was a divisional game, Jaguars and Colts. But that might be it. Like, all these London games they've had, and there have been a lot of them. I think that's it. Alright. So they typically, it seems, would, you know, try to avoid that. Well, my
3: advice to all of you is... Get to a soccer game. If, I, you, if, you, if you can yeah. go,
2: and if you can make it happen... Get to a soccer game. Liverpool, or Anfield, the stadium there, is four hours and 20 minutes. By train? That's what you're That's doing. That's what I should have been looking you're, up. You're ta- I looked it up by car.
3: You're taking a train. You're taking a train, yep. yeah.
2: Probably shorter than, right? It's got to be shorter. The car ride is definitely oh. longer than, than yeah. so maybe
3: a couple hours. Take a train. All right, we'll get a break in... Coming up, top of the hour, we'll talk to Marty Baron. It's Ryan Miller Night at uh, KeyBank Center. We'll talk to Marty about some some memories, those teams, Miller. What it was like, you know, playing with Miller, getting to know Miller so well. Um, so Ryan Miller Night on the way. He's Marty, one of the alumni that'll be there. And eight thirty, Chris Trappasso on this Bills offense. A lot of this talk about you know deep passes and what the right mix is. Chris had a piece supporting the idea of chucking it deep. So we'll talk to him at eight thirty. Nine o'clock, Ian Eagle from CBS, who's calling the game. He joins us. So stay tuned, sit back, relax, or, you know, don't relax, go to work, whatever you have to do. Um, Just stick with us, I suppose. Please. Thanks. (laughs) And plan London.
1: Portals. throws it up and it's picked off by Graham. Corey Graham comes the other way. Corey Graham inside the 10. He broke a tackle and takes it in a pick six. A Buffalo touchdown. The Bills have taken the lead.
3: Back from that London game, Bill's in London. Next year, they'll be there again. Bill's announcing that. One of the teams to go over and host a home game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So, one very, very small note for this weekend, for the games. Mm-hmm. Chiefs-Jaguars. Did you watch the first first matchup? I did not. I know it was, it was close. It was 27-17. It was 27-10 at the end of the third quarter. Chiefs, you know, comfortably. Okay won that game by 10 and they were up by 17 but if you're wondering you know doug peterson has been known to be aggressive pull out all the stops go for fourth downs, two point conversions right he's got that reputation did you know when they played that game in kansas city this year november 13th the jaguars opened the game with an onside kick really and they got
2: it wow Oh, I love Doug Peterson right? in this game. Yeah. They got an exactly onside kick
3: on the opening possession and then went five plays and punted. Fourth, <laughs> They punted on fourth and nine from the Kansas City 39.
2: Come on. Can you believe that? You can't be kicking onside kicks and then punting in that spot, exactly. right? Exactly. That's so you're, bad.
3: You're willing to give up possession at the 50.
2: But not at the 39. But not
3: at the 39. And a, and what do you feel is more likely to get, a fourth and nine or an onside kick? It's
2: a surprise onside kick. How do you go also oh, what's that? A 56 yard field goal? Yeah. Try that even. How do you that's go bad.
3: onside and then punt on fourth and nine at the 39 yard line? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Imagine what we're watching this game. Let's say the Bills play the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. The Bills surprise onside kick. We're through the roof. Yeah. That's right. Pull out all the stops. Fourth and nine. Punt. What? Okay. <laughs> like what? And it was and it was a touchback. <laughs> the 19-yard <19 laughs> net
2: punt in that game for the for the Jaguars. I still like Doug Peterson in this game, though. He'll go for two, onside kick. I guess he'll also potentially punt on the uh, the opposing side of the. I mean, the Bills are the best team at this in the league, right? Like knowing when to punt and knowing when to ki- to go for it. Like all those charts that are ever out there, like they are number one. That's so bad, though. I can't believe that happened. They're n- they're number one in when to go for it. Yeah.
3: It depends on how you measure that. They're very good when it is a clear, like over one percent win percentage gain. So like fourth
2: and one at the fifty, when right. it's like two percent, they go when, for it. Like they always will. Yeah, they
3: yeah. don't make very very big mistakes. When you get into some coin toss scenarios, there are teams that are more aggressive than them. It all depends yeah. on you know what your cutoff point is. If you did it at, sure. a, at a half a percentage point, I don't think they're number one. At at one full percentage point, okay, like they don't make big mistakes on that. Okay. 803-0550. When we get back, Marty Barron's going to join us. We'll talk to Marty about uh, Ryan Miller. It's Ryan Miller night, of course, at Key Bank Center. So big night planned, jersey to the rafters, Miller in town, and uh, Marty will be there as well, of course, and on Sabres Live. So Marty Barron joins us coming up, top of the hour here on WGR.